Welcome to the UTM College Democrats podcast. I'm president of the UTM College Democrats, Gabriel Gonzalez. And I'm Richard Underwood, the VP of UTM College Democrats. And my name is Luke Winters, and I am the PR guy for UTM College Democrats. So we got another group meeting, and the very first thing we want to talk about is the recent Nevada Democratic debate. Mm-hmm. And that actually, as the time we were recording this, happened yesterday, so it's very fresh in our minds. Oh, yeah. So, Richard, what was your thoughts on the debate? Uh, just one sentence sums it up. I think Bloomberg got incinerated. Like, I genuinely felt bad for the guy. Personally, I'm not surprised what happened. Um, this was the very first debate that Bloomberg uh, got into, mm-hmm. and... Now, let, let me be clear, I personally don't think Bloomberg's this evil monster a lot of people think he is. I've, I've looked at his proposals, in my opinion, he actually seems pretty more progressive than people are giving him credit for. I think he's an evil, I think he's an evil monster. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, may you elaborate on that, Gabriel? Well, I mean, a common belief amongst uh, Democratic voters is that Bloomberg only entered the election trying to split the progressive vote between... Warren Burning himself, trying mm-hmm. to prevent either of those candidates from winning the nomination, hoping a more moderate candidate like Bozier or Biden would win. Well, I, I, I don't... As a billionaire, it's obvious that he wouldn't want a candidate who wants such a high wealth taxes to win. Well, I don't think he's trying to split the progressive vote, because if anything, he's splitting the moderate vote. So if anything, he's doing Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren a favor. Also, um, if you look at his, his political beliefs, his records... Outside of this uh, primary election, uh, this man's clearly been a Republican almost all his life, or at least since he's been a billionaire. As I mentioned, hasn't he been a well-known friend of, of Trump's? Uh, I mean, don't I mean, he's another New York billionaire. Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> but, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there are things about his past that I'm not a fan of. I, he endorsed, he, he was actually a vocal proponent of George W. Bush in 2004 who a lot of people may disagree with me on this, but as of now, I think he was a worse president than Trump when you actually think about the implications of the Iraq war, for example. But, um, but, but that's beside the point. Yeah, he did support George W. Bush. Now, stop and frisk, um, I think that's the main criticism in terms of his past pro- policies he gets. I'm, I'm really try. I really do think it's important to put yourself in his shoes when you look at his support for stop and frisk. Because keep in mind, it's easy to say, "Oh, I'm against stop and frisk now," when we have one of the lowest crime rates or homicide rates in our history. At that at that time, the crime rate in New York was quite a bit higher than it was now. So I could understand why someone would want to flirt with a more drastic approach. You know what I mean? Yeah, and... And the homicide rate did go down after it was implemented. I don't know if it's causation, but yeah. I think that's worth talking about. Um, and if we, if you guys watched the debate, Bloomberg definitely got criticized for yeah. stopping frisk. Yes. I, I mean, the thing that got me about it was, and, and, and the reason why I say I felt bad for him is... I, I love heated exchanges. I love that stuff. But I don't like heated exchanges when one of the people in the exchange is barely doing anything to defend themselves. Because I thought, I thought Bloomberg, in my opinion, just looked very meek when it came to taking the criticisms. Like, he was very quiet and passive. 
he had a look on his face like he didn't really want to be there. I just, I've really felt bad for the guy. But uh, you, you gotta understand. Um, first, uh, the very first thing that comes into mind of the criticism he got was literally Elizabeth Warren <laughs> opened up her, like her opening statements was going full force at Bloomberg. And if you thought I was talking about Donald Trump, I'm talking about Mayor Bloomberg. Yeah, and. Uh, just her opening monologue just just killed just pretty much stopped the track. We've seen vicious we've seen vicious attacks on every major candidate for these mm-hmm. past these past debates. I mean, uh, just before last debate, wasn't it Warren who was getting attacked when she was rising? Yeah, no, that's that's and that, that's a common trend. Though. And Bernie's been getting on. He's been put on defense pretty much every debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a common but trend. But the interesting thing is, I mean. Even the moderates were going after Bloomberg. I think that was the most blood we've seen amongst I, I, the moderates in a debate. Because I think they recognize this is not a even Democrat. not even not even not even the other moderates versus Bloomberg, but even like you know Pete and Klobuchar were going at it. You know. Yeah. Um, well, what, what's your thoughts on that though? Pete, Pete and Klobuchar. What was the main pillar of that conflict? The you no, couldn't name the Mexican president. Yeah, that was. was that it? I mean, I think Klobuchar did an okay job at defending herself. I think she was like, hey, I'm not perfect. She can't, I think she did a good job at coming clean on it. Um, but, yeah, so I thought, I thought it was kind of goofy how Pete kept hammering away on, oh, you couldn't name the Mexican president. Like, like really, dude. But isn't that an issue, though, when she's on the, the trade committee? I think if you understand the ins and outs of the policies that are being proposed, I think and you understand what Mexico is doing, which I'm sure she does. I'm sure she understands Mexican policy in and out. Um, I don't think knowing the executive's name is a big priority, as long as you know, as long as you're well-rounded on what the policies are. But Mayor Pete knew the name of, of, the, of the president, and he's not, yeah. he's not up there. So I, I don't know. I can imagine. A, I think it's very plausible that someone knows the ins and outs of the relations between the U- U.S. and Mexico while forgetting the name of the president. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't think not knowing the name of the president implies that, it, oh, she doesn't know what she's doing on international trade. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and I, I, I agree with you on that statement, Richard, but still, Mexico is such a big ally for the United States. I still feel like... You should kind of know. Yeah. Um, but um, other stuff that happened, um, who do you think was the winner? I think Warren was the winner. She Honorable won- mentions, I would say uh, Biden and Bernie did very well. Um, Biden got very little screen time, but for what screen time he got, he actually did pretty good. I thought he was a lot more relaxed. Yeah. He, he, was, he was aggressive when he needed to be. He was funny and it wasn't cringeworthy at times uh, um and speaking of i think the, biden had a good night speaking of the mexican president um um he did have a funny joke when he's when they were saying uh, i met the guy yeah he met the guy and so that does prove to his uh foreign policy experience mm-hmm. uh, definitely it's one of biden's popular strong suits yeah i think on uh I think uh, when it comes to Bernie, I think he did everything he needed to do in the debate. Because, you know, when you're the front runner, you don't necessarily have to knock it out of the park. You just have to get out unscathed. Yeah. And I don't think I, I don't think he took much damage at the debate. An interesting thing that I saw in the debate was 
uh, Mayor Buttigieg was trying to pair Bloomberg and Sanders together, saying they're not Democrats. What's you guys' thoughts on that? I, I, well, think, I mean, go, go ahead. Sanders isn't a Democrat. He's a well-known independent. I think I'm not a big fan. I think one of the worst arguments against Bernie is the he's not a Democrat argument because... The Democratic Party is a left-of-center party, and Bernie is very much left-of-center. So I think to just demagogue the letter D versus the letter I, I, I just think it's tribalistic. I don't think it actually, I don't think it actually has to do with how they would govern, how they would get the job done. Like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a red herring. Yeah, he's not a Democrat. So, so same, same with Bloomberg, because when you. When you look at when you look, I know it's kind of different because he was a Republican, but uh, honestly, I'm New York. Keep in mind, New York Republicans are quite different than what we're used to. A lot, a lot of moderates in uh, a lot of moderates in uh, New York are Republican just because they can't, just because it's more convenient in that particular instance. I'm just saying we've already had a New York billionaire president, well known for controversial racist comments, sexual hook. Harassment allegations and yeah, they're, they're a very, very, very hidden past friendship with Jerry Epst Jeffrey Epstein and the candidate we're talking about right now, Ma Michael Bloomberg. Bloomberg is Bloomberg. the exact same thing. Um, I, I just can't I, believe I, the guy is a genuine Democrat. It's just a Republican with a fake D next to his name. So, so do you think the billionaire label, or do you think the fact that he's a billionaire is problematic? Or I don't think it's just that. I think it's okay. his whole character. I mean, like I said, this is, this man is almost identical to Donald Trump in every way other than being a loudmouth idiot. So, uh, two things. Uh, first off, talking about the billionaire status. I mean, uh, Michael Bloomberg's, Bloomberg has been controversial for pretty much buying his... Way but there's Tom Steyer there too. Tom, I, Tom Steyer is another billionaire. I, I, I would say that I, I don't mind the fact that he's a billionaire. I think I, I think I think your wealth doesn't necessarily determine. I, 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 I know wealthy people are more likely to vote Republican for obvious reasons. But, but I think but it's but just I think undemocratic should, to use your wealth as yeah, a tool. I was about to get to that. I do think it's problematic. I mean, that, doesn't he own a media outlet, MSNBC? Yeah. Oh no, he uh, he owns Bloomberg Media. He owns what? Bloomberg Media. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just look at all the advertising you see online or on TV. I mean, who do you see the most? Bloomberg. Obviously, um, as someone who owns a media outlet. But and but the thing is, I mean, I do I do well for one. I don't. I think he cut his connections with his outlet before he ran, did he? I might be wrong on that. No, I don't think he has. Oh, uh, but he, he has promised. I, I don't. I, well, I don't. I don't think his. I, just I, don't, I don't think Bloomberg is promoting. Him, the candidate, though I don't think his media. No, uh, yeah, they are. Yeah, they yeah, are. it's not. It's not like. I mean, they're pretty. Tell it like it is. They're not really into promoted. And, and Bloomberg promise has promised if he gets elected president, he will sell Bloomberg Media. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I do, I do, I don't. The fact that he's wealthy doesn't bother me. I think you should judge. Well, I mean, I, let, let me finish. I, I think you should judge them by their policies. However, I will agree that I do think it's problematic that. I, I can understand why some people are uncomfortable with the fact that, you know, he was at zero, he wasn't even really even in the primary till recently, and then all of a sudden he buys a bunch of ads and he's a front runner. That that does make me uncomfortable. I mean I, I, just, I, I, I mean, mean the thing is genuine. I mean, as far as looks comment goes, his promise to sell Bloomberg Media, Donald Trump uh, let his son inherit his, his enterprises, and yet he's still I don't think very Trump obviously corrupt. I mean, I don't think and looking Trump forward did. to his own interest. 
Oh, well. I, I don't trust Bloomberg the same way I don't trust Trump. I don't think he's genuine. I think he's a liar. I think he's a Republican with a fake DNA. What, what, what the thing is, a lot of, in the Republican primary, a lot of Republicans were critical of Trump because he used to, Trump used to be a Democrat and he um, used to be, he, he, he used to say a lot of things that would make Republicans' heads spin. And they were, they were skeptical as to whether or not he would govern like a Republican. And, um, but the thing is, they held him accountable, and he is governing like a Republican. I think he would have a similar dynamic with Bloomberg, because, like, what we have him on tape promoting, you know, a carbon tax on climate change. We have him on tape promoting raising taxes on the wealthy. So if he gets in office and just starts acting like a Republican, I mean, there's going to be hell to pay in the in future elections. So, so I, I, don't, I don't think... I, I don't know. I think the fact that he's actually... Pr- at least vocally on our side, that gives us a lot of leverage. See, that's in my terms problem. Of that's my problem with Bloomberg. He's only vocally progressive. He's only said these policies. Do you believe that he truly cares about any of these policies? I mean, I mean just imagine yourself in this position. You're a billionaire, and there's a primary going on with about what three moderate candidates who are going to raise taxes on you inevitably, but not as much as the two progressive candidates who are also front runners. What's one thing you can do? You own a media outlet. You have insane amounts of wealth you can buy your way into the primary but that's what he's doing right now he's trying to split the vote by endorsing these progressive policies trying to make himself an opponent for warren and sanders well i'm not gonna lie i think some selfishness is involved i think i think the overwhelming majority of people who run for office have some type of ego involved whether or not they admit it or not i think that's just our nature and i don't think there's anything wrong with that i don't think this is just i think this Greed, honestly. I don't know. I think, I think, it, I think, practically speaking, from his perspective, if let's just, let's just assume that he is pretending to be a Democrat, I think it would be really hard for him to govern as a Republican when he ran as a Democrat. Because I mean, again, have, you can hold him accountable. All like, he hey, you said he would do this. All he'd have to do is do absolutely nothing. And. I mean, and the thing is, he would be primary, but like, like t- typically when it doesn't even matter if he wins the election. I mean, most Democrats wouldn't even vote for him if he won the primaries. And so now you're going to electability. Well, I mean, I'm not just talking about that. I'm just saying, if he wins the primary, his goal is already accomplished. His only goal is to keep Warren and Sanders from winning. The primary. I don't think he's hurting them, though. I really don't think he's hurting them. I he's think trying. He's hurting them. Gabriel, I don't know about that, buddy. Um, I do think. You were talking about greed. Greed might be a reason why he is running for president. But the thing is, if he if he um, if, wait, 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 if he does it, if he wants to get elected, so he doesn't have to pay higher taxes, he's already paying really high taxes in the form of funding his campaign. Maybe I said maybe. But I do think the biggest reason is I do think he has personal animosity towards Trump. Yeah, um, he doesn't like Trump. Yeah, yeah. I, like what Richard just said, I don't think he likes Trump, and there's definite plenty of evidence. To show that um, they were go- they go back and forth on Twitter. Um, they do. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, Trump calls Bloomberg short, and then Bloomberg says uh, nobody likes Trump. And so I, I got to give like a shout out to something. Um, Trump's Twitter feed, like love the guy or hate him, I think his Twitter feed is entertaining. He posted one video about the, like this little meme about the debate, and every like it was like going through the debate a compilation of the debate, and every time it cut back to Bloomberg, he was shorter and shorter and shorter. Every time that was, 
that, that was funny. That made me laugh when I saw that. But I, uh, I know I might be taking it too seriously, but he is the president of the United States. He should show uh, an ounce of leadership. And unfortunately, I don't think through the mode of his Twitter is he's definitely not showing any kind of leadership. This doesn't bother me, but agree or disagree. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I'm fine with him being trollish when they're on just you know during their spare time. I'm fine with him doing whatever they want. <laughs> so um, we talked about um, we talked about Bernie. We talked about Elizabeth. We talked about Klobuchar. Um, we talked about uh, Bloomberg. Um, is there any? Do you think this is the core that, do you think anybody from the outside that didn't make the debate nope. could have a chance? Nope. Nope. Uh, maybe Yang. No, nah, uh, yeah, let's talk about Yang, yeah, he's, a C, he's a CNN contributor now. Did you, did you know that, Gabriel? Yeah, I actually heard the news recently. Yeah, that's interesting. He, even had, he was doing commentary on the debate, and I saw a, a clip of it. He even still had the math thing. So, Richard, I think you and me jinxed it. He... Didn't he resign the day we posted that debate? I mean, that podcast episode? <laughs> yeah, did we predict he would do good? Um, uh, no, no, did. no, no. You said after New Hampshire should resign. That's what you said. Oh, dropped out. Yeah, yeah. No, I, think, I think he should. He made the right decision. Um, uh, so, do y'all, would y'all agree that a broker convention is the most likely outcome? Brokered convention? What is a brokered convention, Richard? Uh, it, it's complicated. There's a lot of mental gymnastics involved, but basically, okay, basically in order to become the nominee, you have to get 50% of the delegates plus one, so you got to have like barely over 50%, um, and most people believe, based on the upcoming states, that no single candidate's going to get that much when everything is all said and done, so basically a broker convention is... You have two ballots. I've, if I'm not mistaken, on the first ballot, the delegates pretty much migrate and they go to whoever they want, and they can like you know make deals and communicate to one another. Um, and um, after the first ballot, if nobody still, if if there is still nobody with 50% plus one, then at that point you have a second ballot where the super delegates get to decide. And uh, yeah, I think there's a dilemma because even though most people believe that, you know, nobody's going to get 50% plus one, there is a lack of consensus that it's likely Bernie will get the most delegates. And a lot of people are suspecting that if you have a broker convention where Bernie has a majority of the delegates, and if the delegate and if he still doesn't get the nomination a lot of people are afraid of what backlash that would cause um basically if that happens a lot of people think 2016 is going to look like a tea party <laughs> like you know the backlash from bernie supporters yeah um yeah so that's just something to think about uh, speaking of um, backlash a thing that got brought up during the nevada debate was Bernie Sanders supporters, mm -hmm. and I'm not necessarily saying, uh, not not I'm not saying every candidate doesn't have a bad bunch of supporters yeah. that are just uber critical about everybody. 
But it, I mean, it does seem like Bernie Sanders supporters has, there's a prominent yeah. section of supporters that I are. would say the reason for that just is just someone is who's theorizing. I would say the reason for that is, I would say it's not necessarily unique for Bernie supporters, but I would say his supporters are the most active on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you're on the internet, you're going to be more vocal about what you think. So I wonder if you had, you know, I wonder if you swapped it where most Klobuchar supporters had the largest following on the internet. I wonder if you would see a similar dynamic there. And I, and I think the bashing, I, I think I, I've come across some Bernie supporters who are pretty unsavory to me um, when I like, you know, constructively criticize the guy on some things. Um, um, but... I do think a lot of the criticism of his supporters at times can be overhyped. Like, for example, you'll have supporters who like post memes making fun of the other candidates. It's like, and people getting outraged by a meme. It's like, a meme. The purpose of a meme is comedy. Like, you're. It, I mean, it's it's like getting mad when SNL makes fun of your candidate. You know what I mean? It's like, I I don't know. So I think, I think getting outraged over something that is clearly meant to be comedic. I think that is, in my opinion, goes too far. Um, but but I do agree to people who just you, you know pe Bernie or bust people like people who will only vote for Bernie those people annoy me. But 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 it, it, I think it is worth mentioning on the topic of Bernie or bust. Um, based on the research I've done, you know there's this a lot of people think that you know Bernie supporters are uniquely obstructive to the party like Bernie supporters are the most likely to boycott the party if Bernie's not the nominee. I've noticed that the number of, you know, in 2008, the number of Clinton supporters who voted for McCain was actually larger than the number of Bernie supporters who either voted for Trump or stayed home. And on top of that, you had the um, way, way, way back during 1972, you know, when George McGovern was the nominee, who was basically the Bernie Sanders of the 1970s. Um, a lot of moderates boycotted him for Nixon. So I think the idea that progressives are uniquely more likely to obstruct, I think moderates are just as likely to obstruct if a progressive is the nominee. You so, know what I mean? So do you think if Bernie becomes the nominee, do you I, think that will happen from moderates? I, uh, I think a lot of moderates... I, th I think, well, the thing is, moderates tend to uniquely hate Trump more than any other president. Mm -hmm. So their hatred of Trump might motivate them more to hold their nose and vote for Bernie. Um, but I think a sizable portion of moderates would be never senders, just as you have a large portion of progressives who are never Biden. Um, it's... I don't know. We saw, we saw that this kind of uh, division last time in 2016 between Hillary supporters and Bernie supporters. And, you know, what we saw in the general election was, you know, I mean, Hillary still won the popular vote. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe this division isn't as deep as it seems. Like, once it comes down to it, and, and again, when you, have a, yeah, when, you, when you have a group who's mostly prominent on the internet, you're, you're going to know everything they're thinking. <laughs> so you're going to see some stuff that may be unsavory. But I, I don't know. I think, I think the chances of moderates obstructing is the same, or if not a similar likelihood to the chances of progressives obstructing. I think they're both equally obstructive. I mean, not even just in the Democratic Party, like, like 
all throughout history, you have people who get butt hurt that their candidate's not the nominee. So I'm going to pout and stay home. You know, the lesser of two evils is still evil, you know, that nonsense. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I just hope the unification process goes smooth, and I think it's a good idea that we've decided this time around to get the primary. You know, the primary is going to end sooner than it did last time, and I think for unification, that's a really good idea. Well, one more thing I do want to add is when Bernie got confronted about this issue during the debate uh, last night, he did bring up the theory that some of these bad Bernie Sanders supporters could be disguised as Russian trolls. Yeah, I don't know what to believe anymore. I know that that's... I mean, false flag attacks are a common strategy nowadays in elections. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's not too far-fetched. As far as Russian bots... I mean, I don't know. Like you said, it's not too far-fetched. Mm-hmm. As crazy as it sounds. You don't think it's an excuse, though? Just, just good. I don't know. I believe there are a bunch of crazy supporters for each candidate out there. But, you know, like I said, it's a very real strategy nowadays. But, I mean, there have been several, um, I wish I could name the groups, but there have been several prominent groups that actually, that were backing Bernie that actually were later discovered to be primarily ran by Russian bots. Not to say everyone in that group was a bot, but the main, mm. you know, champion, the, the main champions of that group were Russian bots. So they, I don't know what happened before. Um... I don't know. I think that's a reasonable thing to say, though. Like, hey, maybe some of them are Russian bots, you know? Uh, is it, but you guys don't think it's an excuse to just not have accountability for maybe the actions of his supporters? I mean, I, I think he did take accountability, though, because he said if you're in the small percentage of my supporters who is rude and nasty to people, yeah, we, I disown you. Um so I think he did take accountability, but he did, in my opinion, correctly bring up that, hey, some of them are probably Russian bots based on everything we've not learned in the past few years about but Russian interference. Is a statement in a debate enough? No? I mean, what else could he do, though? Yeah, that's, that's that is true. That is true. Um, yeah, because even though he made that statement, I still got criticized from pretty much every candidate on that debate stage about the whole the issue. So it is an issue Bernie Sanders seems like, in particular, is facing. Mm-hmm. Um, other things. Um, in the general, we're going to have a massive street fight between MAGA people and Bernie people. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> that? <laughs> in terms of something that is coming up, is first off, we have Nevada which is coming up on Sunday, and that's why they had that debate. Um, the, um, South Carolina is happening that next week. And then Super Tuesday comes around. South Carolina is Biden's last stand. Like, yeah. if, I, w- I would not be surprised if he drops out if he doesn't, if he doesn't win. So, okay. Yeah. But, but I, don't, I don't know. I think some Super Tuesday states kind of lean towards him, too. So he might stick around. Well, first thing, before we talk about Super Tuesday, um, do you think... There's another debate that is happening next week in South Carolina. I didn't know that. Yeah, there is. So do you guys think it's worth it that there's a debate a week after? I think the more discussions we have, the better. More discussions? Okay. Yeah. All right, but uh, back to my point. Super Tuesday. Tennessee is in Super Tuesday. Mm -hmm. 
and currently in the middle and we are in the middle of early voting so how important is early voting well i will say just on the topic of tip to, I almost said Tennessee, uh, <laughs> on the topic of Tennessee and uh, on Super Tuesday. One thing I will give Bloomberg credit for is he's given Tennessee a lot of attention. So yeah. I've got, I kind of have a soft spot for that aspect of his campaign. Um, but how important is Tennessee, you ask? I mean, how important is early voting? Yeah, early voting. Yeah, I think it's very important. I believe some analyses have found from my memory that... If you got rid of early voting, then turnout would be 30% lower. Okay. So a lot, of, a lot of people take advantage of early voting. What about you, Gabriel? What do you think about early voting? I generally have the same, same idea. I mean, it's, uh, it creates a higher turnout. So. What, what I don't get is with early voting, and this is going to sound like an amateur probably, but um, with early voting, why is there a gap between early voting and election day? Why isn't it just like... You vote till, till you vote this day March. through this day. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, well, like why is there that gap? Because personally, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you know, there's a popular belief that election day should be made into a national holiday, so uh-huh. that might some more people can go out and vote. I mean, I agree with this belief. I think it'd be a much simpler solution. You know, added onto early voting. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I think we should do whatever we can to make sure everyone has the opportunity to go out and vote. Yeah. Uh, here in Weekly County, they um, we usually only had w- one early voting station, but now we have two. So that is good that the election commission here in Weekly County is trying to increase accessibility mm-hmm. to early voting. But I wanted to bring up is, I, and you guys haven't, don't have as much experience as I do in terms of elections. Um, but I've had issues in the past where people don't take advantage of early voting and then they realize, especially here in college, and then they realize on election day they can't come back to, to the, wherever they're registered mm-hmm. and then they're flailing around trying to figure out how to vote, either through absentee ballot or... Um, just going home, skipping school and going home, or just not voting in general. So, is there, and this might be a hard, this is a, this is kind of a big question to ask, but is there any way to fix that issue? It is a big issue of it, a big part of it, that they can't register on time? No, it's okay. that they, they're registered and they're back in their home county, but they're at school oh, in another okay. county, okay. and they don't vote. I see. Um, I, it is a ridiculous issue I, for a lot of people. You know, when you fill out an application for voter registration, you do have to put uh, your hometown rather than your college town. I mean, it is ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, there's so many people here who live across the state who obviously don't want to have to take a three-hour drive to go vote and then yeah. drive back. Yeah. Um, so potential solution is. That's something I've heard, I mean, I've been seeing more and more, is satellite, satellite yeah. uh, um, locations. I think that's fun. I mean, they do it from people in other states, so why not? So, yeah, that's a, that's a potential um, solution, and I just, I want to advocate for whoever's listening <laughs> through all the way up to February 25th, where early voting ends, 
and then on March 3rd, which actually is my birthday, and I want you guys to vote. Please vote. It is your civic duty, and you need to. I mean, it's... As long as you vote for us. Yeah. <laughs> We're all thanking it. Speaking of voting, before we end uh, the podcast, who do you guys think you're going to vote for in these primaries, since we're nearing the end? Oh, right, sure. Um, I think I'm going to vote for Mayor Pete Buttigieg. I'm probably voting for Bernie. Okay. I think I'll be voting for Bernie as well. Okay. Um, you corporate puppet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> Establishment. I have to be the outsider. <laughs> but it's, it's good to have um, a diverse population of candidates that we like. Mm-hmm. So I respect you guys' opinion. I hope you guys respect mine. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple last things is we just have to catch up on some things. First off, if you guys didn't listen, and I think it was, um, it might have been the last episode before this one. Um, me and Richard, we had a bet. New Hampshire happened, and my bet was Mayor Pete Buttigieg was going to win, and Richard. I bet that Bernie would win. And now, now by the skin of his teeth, Bernie Sanders won. So I would like to give... Now Luke has to eat a bug. <laughs> or give Richard $5. So That works too. I would have seen Luke eat a bug, but $5 for Richard sounds good too. <laughs> we can have a different... Oh, we can have another bet. Um, so we just wanted, I just wanted to be a man of my word and do it on the podcast like we promised. Thank you, Luke. And you guys can't see whether it was a one or a five, but <laughs> yeah. who knows? All right. And then, one last thing. Do you want a bet for Nevada? Sure, sure, sure. And then, and then, on what's going to happen? Yeah, it's yeah. between you guys. And we'll discuss that, what Gabriel just said. So, we'll do another bet right now. Okay. Uh, so, Luke, Nevada. Luke, uh, I will give you $20 if Bernie doesn't win. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, oh, so, what am I going to bet? Um, you have to give me... Okay, so if Bernie doesn't win, no, no candidate, just if Bernie doesn't win. Oh, okay, that's fair. Um, so, but you have three, to give me three dollars if Bernie doesn't. Three, win. three. That, that that is uh, that is proportionate with the likelihood of what's going to happen. So that is a fair bet. Okay. I'm oh fine. wow, that is three I'm, versus twenty dollars. Yes. I'm fine with very that. confident. Very very confident. Let's hope the DNC doesn't work against you, my friend. Cocky Bernie bro. <laughs> um, one last thing before we go. <laughs> Is Gabriel, you can explain it yourself, but Gabriel is going to take a temporary leave from, from the, podcast. the podcast. I'll still be acting as president for the UTM College Democrats, but you know, due to some uh, you know, stress related to schoolwork and some personal issues, I think I'm going to be uh, taking a break from these podcasts so I have one less thing to worry about. I've Enjoy being a host, and I do believe I will return eventually. But as for right now, this will be my last appearance in a while. Okay, and we thank you, Gabriel, you and, uh, on behalf of me and Richard for doing this podcast with me and Richard, uh, putting up with me and Richard. It's um, been a pain. <laughs> but likewise. Really, oh, okay then. <laughs> but no, but really it's been a pleasure working with you guys. Uh, I'll still be working with you guys as administrating the club, but like I said, podcast is yours. No. All right, Gabriel, bring us home one last time. 
This has been the UTM College Democrats. And thank you for listening. Awesome. Thank you guys.